Would you open your Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 4 tonight? Mark chapter 4. We've been learning together the, the parable of the sower and the seeds that Jesus tells in Mark 13. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8. We started by understanding Jesus teaches us that there are wasted seeds. There is wasted evangelism. When people don't understand the Word, when literally the Word does not unite with their hearts, and we spent an entire study on that. Then we began to see that Jesus doesn't teach once saved, always saved. Jesus clearly teaches us in that second portion of the parable that there are people who receive the Word, and they believe for a while, and then they fall away because when persecution for the Word and, and, and problems and troubles come because of the Word, they don't have any roots. And so we learned that the big thing that we have to do with young believers, understanding that trouble and persecution will come, is that we have to help these young believers put down roots. Everybody say, put down roots. And we spent a couple of weeks on that one. Now I want to pick up with the third type of Christian that Jesus teaches us about in this parable of the talent. And this is an older disciple. Everybody say, an older believer. Someone who has been in the faith for a season. Jesus teaches us that we have to beware, that we have to be watchful. That in many believers, the soil does not change, but competition enters into their hearts. Everybody say, competition for their attention. Many Christians start the Christian life very well, but the Word goes through something that causes the Word to be unfruitful in their life. These Christians we're, not, we're talking about are not Christians who have backslid. Rather, they're people that the Word is just not being fruitful in their life anymore. They're, they're not growing spiritually. They're not growing in their faith. They're not growing in righteousness. And in fact, even the soil of their heart is still good ground. I mean, it's, it's still good ground for the planting of the seed. But it's other things have also been planted in their hearts. And over a period of time, these other things, this competition grows within their heart until they just sit in church. They just go to church every week. Their Christian life has plateaued. Everybody say, plateaued. There's no more growth. There's no more development in their life. The Word has been made unfruitful. Now let's begin to talk about this competition that enters into a believer's heart. Mark 4, verse 19. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the Word. Everybody say, enter in. Now notice, the cares of this world, the cares of this life, the desire for other things and the deceitfulness of riches enter into their heart. It was not there before. When the Word was first planted in their hearts at the time of their salvation, these things did not exist in their heart. There was just the Word planted in their heart, and there was spiritual growth, and there was development, and the Word was producing fruit within their lives. 
But then all of a sudden, as they lived their life, these things enter in. Everybody say, they enter in. Look at Luke chapter 8, verse 14. As for that which was fell, fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. And as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. Notice, as they go on their way. It doesn't say they got into sin. It doesn't say they got into to horrible living. It doesn't say that they got into ungodliness. Just as they go their way. Everybody say, as they live life. So this is a Christian that starts out really well. Their heart is really good. The Word has been planted within their heart, and there's a salvation experience, and they are growing in God, and they are growing in faith. And then, as they just live their life, other things enter into their hearts. And not only do they enter in, but over time they grow. Mark 4, verse 7. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up. Matthew 13, 7. Other seeds fell in among the thorns, and the thorns grew up. Everybody say, they grow. The cares of life grow in the human heart. The deceitfulness of riches grow in the human heart. The desire for other things grow in the human heart. Everybody say, as I live my life, they come in and they grow. And as a believer, if we're not careful to deal with these things while they're small, they're much more difficult to deal with when they're big. Halibawa. In Alabama, where I went to school, there's a, a thing in Alabama that they call kudzu. Everybody say kudzu. Now, kudzu is a weed. But kudzu is a very strange kind of weed. It grows like crazy. I mean, several feet sometimes in a week. And it covers an entire forest of trees. Everybody say, a forest. It doesn't just grow along the ground. It grows up the trees and over the trees until it covers everything. And it will kill an entire forest. Everybody say, kill it all. Now, you, you sit there, and, and one of the things you have to fight with, it, you have to keep it from growing over your bushes. You have to keep it from growing over your house. And nobody ever knows where this stuff comes from. Just one day, it's growing. And again, it grows like crazy. The same thing happens in Christians' lives. And as a good connect group leader, as a good parent, as a good husband, as a good wife, as you are watching out over the spiritual lives of people that you love and that you care for, you have to recognize that these, these cares of life, this lust for other things, desire for other things, and the deceitfulness of riches, it enters into the human heart. And if you don't kill it while it's small, it grows. Everybody say, kill the weeds while they're small. Now, in our own life, we have to recognize, and we're going to spend a couple of weeks on this. In our own lives, we have to look at our own hearts and say, all right, the cares of life are growing in my heart. I've got to, I've got to kill the weeds. 
the desire for other things starts entering in and you realize that you're always wanting something new, you're always wanting something else, you gotta kill that thing before it grows. The deceitfulness of wealth enters in and we'll spend a whole session on that, a whole service on that, just learning how it makes you arrogant, it makes you think that you're smarter than you are. When you begin to see any of these weeds growing in your heart or growing in the heart of a Christian that you love, you've gotta get out your weed killer. Everybody say, get out the weed killer. And it's not enough just to chop it off at the, at the, at the ground level. You've got to get the roots of it out of the human heart. Everybody say, get out the roots. Now, we're going to spend more time on this. We're just kind of introducing the subject today. Because when these things enter in, just as you live your life, as you go your way, these weeds enter into the human heart, and they grow and when they grow, it says verse 4, chapter 4, verse 7, they grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Matthew 13, verse 7, other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. New Living Translation puts it this way, Mark 4, 19, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Everybody say crowded out. Now, I like that. You've got a Christian's heart, and the seed of the Word has been planted there, and the Word of God is growing within the human heart, and fruit is being produced. A life is growing. A life is being changed. Faith is being produced. Answers to prayer are being done. They're leading people to Christ. There's fruit at every level of their life. And then just as they live their life, here come these three weeds, the cares of life, the desire for other things, and the deceitfulness of riches. And they enter into that same heart. And before long, they crowd out the Word. Everybody say, crowd out the Word. There's no place for the Word to grow in your heart anymore because your heart has been filled with the cares of life. Your heart has been filled with these weeds of a desire for other things. Your heart has been filled with these, these weeds of, of the deceitfulness of riches. Everybody say crowded out. Putting it this way, your heart is no longer focused on the Word. Everybody say the Word is no longer the focus of my heart. Say it again. The Word's been crowded out. Now what happens then is a person, they still come to church, they, they you know, they love Jesus, they're, they're still going to heaven, they're still saved, but there's no more fruit. There's no more what? Say it again, please. Mark 4, verse 19, and it proves unfruitful. Matthew 13, 22, and it proves unfruitful. Luke 8, verse 14, and their fruit does not mature. Now Paul teaches us in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Everybody say, it's at work, but it's no longer working in these people. It's not producing fruit. It's not producing faith. It's not producing a love for God. 
It's not producing righteous living. It's just crowded out. Everybody say crowded out. So we sing the old chorus, the word of working mightily in me. But it's not anymore. It's been crowded out. Now again, I belabor this point. In our own life, this is something we have to be careful of. In the lives of people that we care about, in the lives of people that we provide leadership for, this is something we have to be careful of. We cannot allow the weeds to crowd out the Word of God in people's lives. Now, let me begin to walk you through the threefold competition, and we're just going to do one of them today. Mark 4, verse 19. The first of these weeds, Mark 4, verse 19, calls it the worries of life. Matthew 13, 22 calls it the cares of this world. Luke 8, verse 14 tells it, but the cares of life. Now, the word here, life, is aeon, which literally means an age, a period in history. Literally, what's going on around us? Now, think with me. What's been going on around us? COVID-19. Your mind gets filled with, what are the latest numbers? How long is the lockdown going to last? All the problems of COVID-19, the work from home, the study from home, how long am I? Do you remember the early days of COVID-19? We always wanted to know, how long is the lineup at this store? How long is the lineup at that store? Because sometimes we go stand in the store and wait for four hours just to get in the store, diba? So it's, it's the things that are going on around us, the economy, the horrible debt crisis we're facing as a nation, the elections, inflation, the price of gasoline, and the list goes on and on and on. Everything going on around us is what is defined as the cares of this life. Now the word here, worry, the worries of this life or cares of this life, means to distract to draw off in a different direction. So if you want to understand what this weed is, it's literally filling your mind with the worries of all the things going on around you. Everybody say, filling my mind, filling my mind with the worry of everything going on around me. There came a point in time with COVID that you just had to go, all right, COVID is here, Jesus is still Lord. And you move on with life. There comes a point where you go, all right, we're in the middle of elections, who knows who's going to win? Jesus is still Lord. Let's go on with life. There comes a point in time when you go, all right, there's going to be economic chaos for the next few years because of the debt crisis brought about by COVID and the elections and all these problems in, in, in Ukraine and a world food shortage. You know what? All right. That's going on. But Jesus is still Lord and the promises of God are still true. There has to come a point when you de-weed your heart by facing the cares of life and going, wait a minute, the promises of God are still true. You de-weed your heart. You get this weed out of constantly worrying about the days ahead by remembering the promises of God and that God is faithful and that God will watch over us no matter what goes on around us. Now, if you don't, 
and you fill your minds with the worries. You focus your mind on the worries of the things going on around you. Before long, you, you can hear when this weed is in your heart because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're always talking about COVID and using it as an excuse for failures and problems and why you can't do things, the weed has choked out the word. Did you hear what I just said? If every time you open your mouth, COVID, COVID, I can't go to church because of COVID. I can't reopen my connect group because of COVID. I can't grow my career because of COVID. I can't move my life forward because of COVID. I can't do this because... If COVID is your excuse for everything, that weed has crowded out the word in your heart because the word says God provides. Are we still here? Are we still here? So listen to your mouth. Are you saying, oh, I, I, I can't start my business. I know God has spoken to me to start my business, but these are bad times. We've got, uh, you know, debt crises in the country, yada, yada, yada. We can't do this. We can't do that. Oh, I can't buy my house and lot right now because, oh, the debt crisis. Oh, listen to your heart. It comes out of the abundance of with your words. And if all those words are speaking unbelief, the cares of life, have crowded out the word in your heart. Now, Jesus says it this way, Luke chapter 21, verse 34. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation. Dissipation means clubbing or drinking. Everybody say clubbing. It means going around drinking parties, okay? Let your hearts be weighed down with, with drinking parties, clubbing, and drunkenness, and the cares of this life. Now back up here for a minute. Jesus said, be careful, lest your hearts be weighed down. Everybody say weighed down. The Greek word there literally means to be depressed, to be burdened. I hear people every day of my life talking about people are depressed. I believe you. But I don't believe it's a mental health issue. I believe it's a spiritual issue. Jesus warned us about it. Now listen to me carefully. And you young people listening at home, listen to me. You can sit there in your depression, or you can realize your depression does not need a pill. Your depression needs the gospel. It's not a mental health issue. It's a spiritual issue. Jesus said, watch yourselves lest your hearts be depressed. Everybody said depressed. Now, you can get depressed by, by drinking parties. Alcohol is a depressant. You can ask any doctor. Alcohol, everybody say alcohol is a depressant. Oh, it makes me feel good, Pastor. No, that's the endorphins that are being released because your body just took in poison and they know it's a poison. Are we still here? Are we still here? Ask any doctor. And drunkenness. But look at this last one. And the cares of this life. All this stuff going on around you. If you're not careful, the cares of life will depress your heart. Everybody say, depress me. Say it again. Now the solution again is not 
a mental health solution where you need to go take a pill and see a psychiatrist. The solution is get your focus back on the Word. I, I didn't hear you. You need the Word to begin to work mightily in you again. You need the Word of God to be growing within you and producing fruit within you again. But as long as you are focused on these, these cares of life, your emotions are going to be depressed. Your ability to think, remember it says your hearts be weighted down. Your heart refers to your emotions, your attitudes, your thinking, your desires, your will. Take those one by one. You get, your, you get the cares of life growing in your heart. Your emotions are going to become depressed. You're going to be sad. You're going to be joyless. You're going to be flat. You're going to be like a Christian zombie. Just Your ability to think is going to be depressed. Your mind is going to become sluggish and inactive. Your desires are going to be depressed. You don't want anything. You just sit in a chair. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to go anywhere. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Eat that someone come on. Come on, put your hand up high. We've all been there at some time in our life. You don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to eat anything. You're just... Hmm. Your desires are depressed. Your will becomes depressed. You've lost your ability to get up and make things happen. Every aspect of your heart, your desire, your emotions, your attitudes, your, your ability to think, your, your desires, your willpower, every aspect of your inner being, your heart, is depressed by the cares of life. Now, Jesus warned us about this. And in the parable of the sower and the seed, he just spells it out. He said, let me tell you how this works. You're going along, living your life. And boom, here comes COVID-19. And before long, your heart is filled with this worry. Everybody say, worry of the things going on around you. You know, forgive me, brothers and sisters, but some of you, you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is turn, turn on the news. And that could almost depress Jesus. Are we still here? You get up first thing in the morning and all you want to do is listen to the news. And have you ever noticed most of the news is bad news? And that, this, that seed just keeps coming in and it keeps growing. And the Word of God gets crowded out of your heart. And it's not producing fruit in you anymore and it's not working in you anymore. And your entire heart gets depressed. You say, well, pastor, what do I need to do? Dig up the weeds in Jesus' name. I didn't hear you. Number one, get up in the morning and don't pay any attention to the news. Open the Word of God. I didn't hear you. I, I didn't hear you. Read your Bible. Remind yourself of the promises of God every day. Remind yourself of the faithfulness of God every day. Remind yourself of the miracles of God every day. You don't need some antidepressant medicine. 
You need the Word of God to be working in you again. You need the Word of God to be bearing fruit within you again in Jesus' name. You need to... Let me give you two more verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Paul said, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You need to get control of your thoughts. You need to stop thinking every day about what's going on around you and start thinking about Jesus. I, I didn't hear you. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Everybody say, get my attention on God. Now, young people, please, don't get mad at me. I know some of you young people, you, you, oh, you must understand my depression. No, I already understand your depression. I'm trying to help you get out of it. Turn off the computer games in Jesus' name and get back in the Word. You see, what you do is you get so worried about all of this stuff that you try to distract yourself with television and you try to distract yourself with video or computer games and you try to distract yourself with, with Korean telenovelas and you get all of these things trying not to think about all that stuff going on out there. But that's not how you fix this. You fix this in the Word. You fix this taking your thoughts and bringing them in obedience to Christ. You fix this by getting your mind fixed on God. Everybody say, focus my attention on God. He'll keep you in perfect peace when you focus your attention on God. Now, please, I don't belittle anybody's depression. I don't belittle anything that has gone on. These last two years have probably been the hardest years upon our people and our nation since World War II. I grant you, it has been, maybe if Jesus, if Jesus tarries, it may be the hardest years you will ever face in your life. But we're not going to live there. We're going to put our attention on Jesus. I didn't hear you. Would you stand with me, please? That's as far as I want to go today. Say, Pastor, that was short. Because I don't want you to forget that when I move into other stuff. Now, young people, time to get out of the house, get out of your computer, get out of your cell phone, get out of your devices, and live life in Jesus' name. Young people have forgotten how to talk to each other. Are we still here? It's time to get out of all that stuff. And the way you climb out of depression is you grab a hold of Jesus. Everybody said, grab a hold of Jesus. Did you learn something? Take your communion, please. And please, again, I don't say anything to criticize anybody, but some of us have lived long enough and been through enough in life. We've been through this before. Jesus is the answer. 
getting the word working in your life again, producing fruit is the answer. Getting your attention back on God is the answer. Not trying to forget all of your problems by getting focused in your computer game for 18 hours straight. Now parents, you don't know that, but sometimes these kids will play a game sometimes 36 hours nonstop. They're trying to forget. Young people, you don't disengage from life. You engage with Jesus. I didn't hear you. You can't disengage from the reality all around you. I know Facebook is starting a new thing with the metaverse. And people are going to enter into this metaverse where they can live their own life inside this, this new virtual reality. Young people, that's not how you get out of your trouble. You get out of your problems grabbing a hold of Jesus. Are we still here? Would you take the bread, please? Ulisa Natan, this bread represents the body of my Savior. He knew everything I was going to go through. And He died on a cross to take all the punishment of my sins. And He bore the curse of the law to redeem me from all the problems, all the trouble of this world that the blessings of Abraham the covenants of promise would flow to my life. I don't have to live in the mess of this world. I grab a hold of my Savior and remember what He did for me. Let us partake of the bread together. Ulita Natan, this cup represents His blood that washed away, washed away all my sin. All my sin. Guilt, has no Guilt has no dominion over my life. All that I've done in the past, in the past has, been has been erased by the blood of Jesus. My dignity is restored by the blood of Jesus. I can hold my head up high again because I'm forgiven and I'm justified by the blood of Jesus. I remember what my Savior has done for me. Let us partake of the cup together. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in
Do you remember when lockdown started? Twice a day, I came into your house. Every morning, I just read Scripture to you. Diva. One hour every morning, we worshiped and read Scripture. Every night, we taught you the Word of God. Twice a day. Why? We're dealing with the cares of life. Do you understand this? Sometimes in your home, you just need to sit down with Lolo and Lola and read the Bible to them for a while. I didn't hear you. Moms and dads, maybe with these young people, rather than just read your Bible, get the Bible out. Read the Gospels to your teenagers in Jesus' name. I didn't hear you. Don't just you know, turn off your computer, sit down, we're going to read the Bible together. Are we still here? The Word needs to get working in their heart again. It's getting crowded out. Understand what we did in those early days. And do it in your family as well, in Jesus' name.